So it is great that you guys are here. Uh, this is week number three of a, uh, of a series here in January that we're calling All Ears, about hearing the voice of God. Our theme verse about, uh, for this series is a passage of Scripture that Jesus gave us, and He gives us this in a metaphor or a picture. And basically, He says, God is like a shepherd, and we're like His sheep. And the gatekeeper opens the gate for them, and the sheep, they listen for his voice. And so we have a speaking God and and he calls his own sheep, not even generally, you know, he's not just just putting out words for the whole body of Christ. He actually talks to each individual, each sheep by name and leads them individually out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow them because they know his voice. But at the same time, there are other voices going on, and Jesus says that uh, not to listen to those other voices, that they reject the voice of a stranger, and in fact, they run away from those voices because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. So God is calling us to where we, we can put out the wrong voices and remove those and hear the voice of God. So today, I want to talk with you about the why and the how. Like the why and the how, does God have an individual conversation with us, and what does that look like? And I want to say this because there is some teaching in the body of Christ that says that God has actually stopped speaking, that his final words were in the Bible, and basically, if you want to hear from God, you can go there, but only there. And the Bible is a great way to hear from God, but we still have a speaking God. In fact, Dallas Willard says it this way. He says, if God doesn't speak today, the greatest disservice we could do to people is to tell them that they could actually have a personal relationship with God. And one of my endeavors is to make sure that we understand that God is a God that is not distant. He's not mad. He's not critical. He's not far away. He is up close and personal, and he wants to have a relationship with you, with me. And so we want to know, what does it look like when he actually does speak to us? So that's what I want to talk about. And so he can speak to us through his word, obviously, through, through prophets and through pastors and leaders and that kind of thing. And sometimes he, he will even speak through circumstances. God will speak to us a lot of different ways. But today I want to talk with you about one specific way. Because I know that this way is the most, is the, is the, the way that he speaks the most. And I think that sometimes we just don't recognize it. And that is the whispers of God. Just this gentle nudging, this prompting that in my spirit, I hear God saying something and I'm trying to understand it. But now next week, I'm going to give you a filter for how, if you know that this voice that we're going to talk about today is God and not just the pizza you ate last night. But today I want you to understand what do the whispers look like? There is a great story in 1 Kings 18 where Elijah... uh, fights the prophets of Baal, and it's a great dynamic story. I've talked about it before. But in chapter 19, after that great victory, he actually gets depressed, and he thinks everybody's against him. He's actually running from his life. He hides in a cave, and God has to come and speak to him. And the Bible says uh, in 19 that, that look, he says, look, I'm going to show you that I'm with you, that I'm a personal God, that I'm with you. And he tells him to go out and stand on a mountain in the presence of the Lord, uh, for the Lord is about to pass by, and, and it says that a great and powerful wind came and tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before him. But the Lord, he wasn't in that. He didn't speak that way. And then after the wind, there was an earthquake. But God didn't speak in the earthquake either. You'd think he would, but 
that wasn't him. And then after the earthquake, there came a fire, but God wasn't in the fire either. And after the fire, watch this, came a gentle whisper. Some translations say a still, small voice. And I want for us to learn to recognize the whispers of God. And I think he's doing it more than you realize. And let me show you four different ways that you can begin to recognize his voice. First of all, is that he whispers encouragement. And I think he's doing that all day long. I think all day long, you know, maybe if you're discouraged or somebody gets, you know, get your goat, get you stirred up, or maybe you wake up and the enemy has already started to lie, to lie to you, I think the Spirit of God is right there trying to whisper encouragement to you. And by the way, your God is not constantly fussing and yelling and what's wrong with you and get to church and why don't you read your Bible more. The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and, and here's what he says. He says, you are my child. You are one of my kids. You see, we've got to understand what the Spirit of God wants to say to us is that he sees us as part of his family. I love Isaiah 55 in the message. It says, pay attention, come close now. Those are key. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. And by the way, look, I'll make a promise to you that every Sunday that you tune in, there's nobody going to be fussing at you because if, if I should be fussing at anybody, it should be me. I'm not going to push you. I'm not going to put you down. You're a bunch of sinners. You need to serve more, read more, give more. You're just not doing enough, you know, that you need to come to the altar. Remember that, you know, that, that I want you on your knees. I want you kneeling down. Look, you're not going to hear that from me. I think that there are times where we need to personally respond to God in like an altar type situation, but I'm saying that if you're in this congregation, I'm going to tell you God's for you, not against you. I'm going to give you life-nourishing words. I'm going to tell you that God wants you to know that he is in a covenant commitment with you. Yeah, he knows what you did, but he's still in love with you because he would want you to know, and I'm going to say to you on his behalf, that he would say to you, because you're my child, I love you. And I love those words because, look, I mean, my child has done something. Josiah has done some, some stuff time, you know, from time to time. And look, in the middle of it, my heart is actually drawn toward him as a son. And a lot of us parents, you know, we maybe have done something similar is where we tell our kids that, look, I don't care what you've done. You can't get away from the fact that I'm your parent and I will chase you to the end of the earth. If you make bad choices, you know, yeah, I'll be there on your heels for the rest of your life, but telling you that God has a better plan for your life because you're our children and there's nothing you could do to change that. That's God's heart. And look, God knows what you've done and he doesn't kick you out of the family. I mean, he knows what you did last week and you're still in the family. You're his child. And maybe he's not pleased with what you're doing, but he loves you just the same, like a good parent. And I mean, he would tell you that that you are my child and I love you. And that doesn't mean that he necessarily feels love. It means that he agapes love. That's the Greek word for love that is unconditional. There's nothing you could do to change it. He loves you. And he would also say to you that he is proud of you. You might say, well, Micah, I haven't done anything to make him proud. How's he gonna be proud of me? Well, because God doesn't see you through the lens of what you're doing. He sees you through the lens of what you're becoming. He sees you on who you can be, who you will be. 1 John 1, 3, it says that what you will be has not been made known yet. You know, I've never looked at my child through the lens of what he's doing, but through the lens of what he could be. 
that, you know, Josiah, you're the servant of the Most High God. You're going to change the world. You know, and so us as parents, we have to do that because God is that way for us, and he wants to encourage you as well. I don't know who that's for, but he wants to encourage you. Now, secondly, he also wants to whisper to us warnings. Now, the Bible doesn't use this exact phrase of warnings, but the principle of this phrase, you know, well, let me give you some Christianese. This is, you'll hear Christians say this. I don't know where we got it, but they'll say, yeah, I got a check in my spirit. Or in other words, I was going in one direction and the Holy Spirit said, no, nah, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You better stop right there. And it's a whisper. And, you know, God will kind of give you this, well, I, sh- no, don't, don't do that. Don't go there. Watch this. In Acts chapter 16, it says that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach. And you might say, well, that couldn't be the Holy Spirit to say not to, not to preach in Asia. But the Holy Spirit you know, knew that there was maybe going to be somebody there that was going to kill them. It wasn't their time, and you shouldn't go there. And watch this. Some of us need to hear this. Is Maybe there's something in your life you think it's a good thing, but maybe it's not. And you don't need the pastor to tell you that. You've got the Holy Spirit to whisper that. And if you give him room in your life to, to tell you that and to give you warnings, then he'll do that. And in fact, after they went to another spirit, another city, the Spirit didn't, didn't allow them to go into that city. See, we want this dynamic playing out in our lives. And so for me, uh, usually because I'm a very reactive kind of person, it's a personality you know, of mine, and I, I tend to say exactly what I think, and, and sometimes I just need to calm down and let that process a little bit before it comes out of my mouth. And so there are times when I'm on social media or maybe I'm reading something or in a meeting or something like that, and, and, um, and on social media, people say stupid things, or I'm sorry, they, they don't say stupid things, they say things I don't agree with. And so, man, I'm right in there. I'm like, reply. And I start, you know, I'll make a comment with an argument, and it's logical, and it makes sense, and all of that. And I got data to back everything up. It's not loving, but that doesn't matter because it makes sense. And so that's what I'm going to say. And right before I hit enter, the Holy Spirit will kind of nudge me and say, hey, you know that key on your keyboard to the top right that says backspace? Why don't you just hold that down for a little while? And, and so I obey reluctantly most of the time. And when I don't, it goes bad. But look, there are times when, in our lives when the Holy Spirit will just check us. And he'll say, hey, you don't want to go there. You don't want to do that. And I'm telling you that you, you have a Holy Spirit that wants to speak some warnings to you and to help us. And for some of us, you know, once again, we just got to get back to our heart again. But maybe he's speaking this phrase, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Maybe I wouldn't date him. I know you really want a relationship bad, but he's kind of causing you to compromise your values. You know, I wouldn't do that. And for some of you uh, guys, some of you people that are in a marriage, but you're flirting in another relationship right now, man, you haven't crossed the line, but you're right up against it. You, you know, something's whispering, get away from that fire. Don't do it. Or maybe it's this phrase, maybe it's time to end the secret. Man, what you've been carrying by yourself, and that you don't think anybody knows, but that will eventually destroy your life. And you don't have to share with everybody, and I encourage you not to share with everybody, but you better tell somebody. It's what I love about our meetups, you know, that small group dynamic where we can come to a place, and the whole goal, by the way, is so that you could get close enough to somebody that you realize that they have as many issues as you do. I mean, we're all in the same hospital. We're all just working it out. But trust forms. 
And even not, if not with the whole group, maybe it's just one or two people within the group, you know? I love the front-long conversations that happen after the group, where it's like, hey, why don't, you know, hey, can we talk? And you have the confidence to peel the mask off for just a second. And, and you know, you just say, you know, I, I'm not who everybody thinks I am. You know, maybe when I travel, I travel with my company a lot, and I mess up, and my wife doesn't know, and my family doesn't know, and I know I should change. Will you guys help me? You know, will you call me? I'm getting ready to travel again. Will you call me and just check on me and make sure? Because, watch, when you confess your faults to one another, James 5.16 says, pray for each other and you will be healed from that. The secret can, he- can end in your life and your life can change. And not only that, but maybe just the Holy Spirit is saying, look, you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. Get some help. You know, ask somebody to help you. You see, there's a dynamic that the Bible talks about all throughout, that when you're traveling through life, whether you turn to the right or the left, or, you know, that your ears will hear a voice behind you. It's gentle, it's a nudge, it's a prompting, but it'll say, this is the way. Don't go there. This is Go, go here. This is the way. And again, I don't pretend to be the person to tell you what that way is, you know, in your life, but I can lead you to the relationship with God who can tell you. And here's the third thing, is I think he will also whisper direction. A lot of you are looking for direction. You're trying to make a decision about maybe a relationship or a job or purchasing something. I'm telling you, God will speak to you that way. And here's the thing you've got to do. You've got to involve him in that process. Say, hey, God, what do you think about this? Luke chapter 2, 27, it's, it's a story where Jesus is dedicated in the temple as a baby. And Simeon, it says, was moved by the Spirit, just nudged, hey, I got an assignment for you. I need you to go over there and pray for that child. Uh, Paul, in the book of Acts, it says that he was compelled by the Spirit where he just felt this direction from God to go to Jerusalem and preach the gospel there. Look, I don't know what God's saying to you specific, specifically, and he'll get very specific. But he may be saying some things that are simple, like slow down a little bit, you're doing too much. That's what he's saying to me. Or the opposite of that is it's time for you to pick it up. Come on, you know, let's go. Let's, include, let's increase your work ethic. Let's move forward. Today is the day that, that you can step up and be who you've called to be, been called to be. Or you, maybe it's another spiritual step. And wouldn't it be great if this 21-day season right now that we all grow close to God and move together forward? And so here's the last one that he whispers dreams. And this is my favorite one, because God will put on the inside of you something you never dreamed you could do. I am so grateful that 25 years ago, God gave the dream in Melissa and I, in our hearts to come to Raleigh. And then we came and established 24-7 youth ministry and built the, the children's ministry, a ministry that would partner with parents so that we could build strong families. And God put that dream in our heart to actually assume the pastorate of this church and to be your senior pastors. And God put in our heart that we would make film. I remember in, in 2013, God put in my heart to make a film. I had $5,000 and a book called Filmmaking for Dummies. That's all I had. But God put a dream in my heart. He whispered to my heart. And I just believed that I could make a difference. Look, God speaks. God whispers to our hearts again and again, and he does it through, through dreams and visions and even of the night. Uh, by the way, I've never had a vision of the night, a night dream vision from God. Usually uh, my dreams are not from God. They're pretty 
they're pretty crazy now. I'm usually running from the whole world or something. They're pretty crazy. But look, God does differently. You know, he speaks differently to different ones of us. And next week, I'll help you understand if this is God or not in the different whispers. But look, I don't know where we are in the timeline of the return of Christ. But my opinion, he could come back pretty much anytime he wants to because in my mind, pretty much all of the signs of the times in the scripture are being fulfilled even as we speak. And I, I think that the, we might even be the first generation that sees it. But not only that, in, it says in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all people. And so what does that look like? Well, your sons are going to prophesy, your old men are going to see visions, your young men are going to dream dreams that God is going to put something on the inside of us so we can be a solution in the middle of all the madness. And look, if you really want to know your role in, you know, in the end times, don't be a statistic, be a solution. Jump in. Let's be the light in the middle of all the chaos and darkness. I think that's what God has called us to do right now. So what God might be saying to us today is just go all in. Why not go all in? Why be a part-time Christian? You know, don't be a part of the darkness and the chaos. Be a part of the light. And then here's, here's another one is God, you know, is that we need to give God our best, that we need to serve, participate, and, you know, just don't do it halfway. You know, I absolutely 100% know that God is saying this to, uh, to all of us, and this is that you can make a difference. You can make a difference if you'll go all in, with your faith. I believe that if you come into Living Word and you find where you belong in the body of Christ and then you line up your beliefs by submitting your life to the Word of God to help shape you, that you could then become who God has called you to be and make a difference by serving, by giving, by bringing, you know, with your time, energy, and money. And, and that is the truth. So, what do we need? First of all, we need a posture, just a simple attitude. You may say, I don't hear God, but I'm talking about an attitude, a simple posture that says, God, speak to me. I'm open. I'm open to hear what you would say in every moment of the day. I mean, literally, if you just come to God and say, look, I know you're there and I know you're speaking, you know, I want to hear. I mean, I love what Samuel said last week when we talked last week. He said, to speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You see, I, I would love to lead you into a dynamic that before every response to a Facebook post, an appointment, Instagram, whatever, every place that you go, literally at restaurants and in offices, schools, wherever, that it would just be, God, I'm stepping into a dynamic here and I wanna be sensitive to what you would say to me in the middle of it. You know, about a year ago, um, the family and I, we went to P.F. Chang's. I like to call it P.F.Chang's, P.F.Chang's. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I cracked myself up. We're sitting there and there's this father and son that's sitting there. And uh, you could, you could kind of maybe guess that P.F. Chang's was gonna be a super expensive meal for them, just, you know, the way that they were dressed. And the son, you know, he leaves a table and he comes back with a young lady. And it was pretty obvious, you know, I'm not noticing this. Josiah is pointing it out to me that it's obvious that he had brought his girlfriend to meet his dad. And they were wanting to be, you know, it to be a very nice, 
bring her to a nice place, impress her. And so when she comes in and she under, and she notices what the dad looks like, how he's dressed, she pulls the son off to the side and is obviously not happy and leaves. So the son goes back to the table and you can see from the demeanor of the two of them, it's obviously a very sad time. And Josiah is noticing all this. And he just says to me, you know, dad, I, you know, I, don't, I imagine that they've invested a lot of money for them in this meal to impress this, this girl and she's not even here, she just left. And so he just says, hey, you know what, dad? What if we pay for their meal? He says, I'll go in halves with you and I'll split it with you. And so we'll pay for their meal. And so, listen, I believe at that moment, you know, I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And so we watch, you know, them anonymously, you know, receive the bill and know that somebody else paid for it. And as I watched that dynamic, I just realized in my heart that my son had actually heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit in that moment. And look, I don't know what came of that. We never saw them afterward, but here's what I do know, that walking out of that restaurant that night, you know, I was walking out and I was thinking, you know what, there are seven billion people on the planet. And God had one family that just needed to be touched. And he just needed somebody tuned in with ears on. And, and he found one of his handsome, strong servants of the most high, I got I'm a little bit biased there, but he happened to be tuned in there and God's work got done because Josiah was listening. And I remember how it made me feel, you know, you know, as I'm walking out of the restaurant and just, you know, like I'm thinking, God, who else? You know, let's do it. But listen, I want that dynamic for you as well, where you, when you go through life, lunch meetings, decisions, you know, God, you got anything to say about this? I'm open to listen. I'm eager you know, to respond to your whispers. And I want that to be all of us. Let's pray together. Father, I love you so very much. And I thank you for, for this word. I thank you that you wanna, whisper, you wanna whisper to us and that, that you could, you know, encourage us, warn us, that you could direct us, that you could give us dreams and lead and guide us in every area of our lives. And so in Jesus' name right now, I just speak over this congregation that you have made me the shepherd of, and I just say that we hear your voice in Jesus' name. And I thank you for your word that has opened up our hearts. And also, just as I say that we commit our lives to you to not only be hearers of your word, but also doers as well in Jesus' name.